Hey everyone, this is Mike. In this episode, you will notice that my audio was kind of messed up. We had some uh, technical difficulties and we had to use an alternate source for my uh, audio today. So it does sound a little funky on my end. We recognize that and we uh, did our best with what we had. Uh, just so you know that it's kind of funky and uh, we appreciate your understanding and here we go. Hey everybody, it's Rick Nielsen from Cheap Trick. You're listening to your Morning Coffee, the podcast. Weekly music news for the new music business by two longtime Cheap Trick fans, Jay Gilbert and Mike Etchard. We were Jay's first concert, 81377, right, Jay? Portland, Oregon? I don't know. Have a nice day. From Hypebot, what to expect in 2022? Some guy named Jay Gilbert shares his music industry predictions. From Billboard, the streaming world, how much do hits matter? Rapper Logic's 1-800-273-8255 song may have helped prevent hundreds of deaths, the study says. From Rolling Stone, Dr. Dre just released new music, but only Grand Theft Auto fans can hear it. From Polestar, the year in touring. Artists and their teams step up to challenge of rescheduling Roller Coaster. It is the Christmas edition. Ho, ho, ho. We are glad you are here. It is episode number 71. Strap in, buckle down. Here we go. It is the Your Morning Coffee Podcast. Stand by for transmission. This is London Coffee. Wake up! Your morning coffee is on the air. Curated, agitated, advocated, moderated, and liberated digital music information that you need to know. We are your digital music authority. And now from our studios in Hollywood, California, here's your hosts, Jay Gilbert and Mike Etchart. Jay, how are you this morning, man? It's good to see you, brother. Good to see you, too. Uh, I am caffeinated, and it's a beautiful day outside, and it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Well, here in Southern California, we've had a lot of rain, which we haven't even said for ages, it seems like. Yeah. So it's been we it's been lovely to have some rainy weather. Oh, so great. So for great. us, it's, uh, it's wintry in California, so to speak. We needed it. Yeah. Good to see you. And boy, you have had a busy week, an exciting week. And yeah. You and I have just been chatting for about 45 minutes before we even hit record. Um, yeah. But uh, we should talk about that great uh, article in Hypebot. Uh, oh, yeah. The best about, about the uh, music newsletters, music industry newsletters you have to, to, to subscribe to 
It's even oh, better cool when you that. say it without stumbling on the words. Uh, <laughs> and they were kind good. enough to mention us. Yeah, certainly your newsletter yeah. and the podcast. And- it was so great to see this. It was it was on Hypebot, but it's actually a guest post from Randy Zimmerman over at Symphonic Blog. Yeah. And we talk about Symphonic. We love them. Their blog is world class. Um, and, you know, it was just really nice to, you know, be recognized here. You know, as Randy put it, newsletters serve as one of the easiest ways to stay up to date. You know, want to stay ahead of the game? Learn from the experts right from your inbox. Here's some of the best uh, email newsletters in the industry. And we'll go through some of these. And I'm, we're honored that we're mentioned here. Uh, Water and Music, Sherry Who. I'm a mm-hmm. subscriber. I subscribe yes. to her Patreon. You know, she's written in Billboard, Forbes, Rolling Stone, everywhere. Um I just absolutely love uh, water and music and uh, Sherry's been on the music is weekly podcast and we've had some conversations. I have a great deal of respect for her, but then kind of in the uh, second slot there and talk about us. Look at that. Nice of them to mention. Uh, certainly your newsletter been around for ages, a must read. And, uh, and it was kind of them to mention the podcast as well. Yeah. They said, uh, you know, it's one of their favorite newsletters, your morning coffee. And highly uh, highly curated newsletter offers a weekly snapshot of the new music business. Not only that, but Randy says, Jay and Mike Etchert, that's you, former host of syndicated sound and vision radio program, host of fantastic uh, weekly podcast. In it, they break down the top stories, latest news, and trends in the industry. So that was a, a beautiful shout out. We really appreciate it. Uh, got a lot of really nice feedback this week. But a couple of others, this is the kind of company we're in, Mike. Check this out. Hypebot, who is a sponsor, who we love, who, you know, it's one of our favorite destinations. You know, uh, Bruce Houghton and his team are mentioned next. The Symphonic Weekly, and it's, again, these guys are really great because they're not only curating, they're actually creating, right? And they create these great tutorials and they explain things. And it's really one of my go-to newsletters. Um, They also have the Symphonic uh, Latino newsletter. Um, one that I, I see once in a while, uh, Beats and Bites, which is pretty cool. Um, Motive Unknown is one of those that I like to look at. Uh, there's like most of ours are only the stories from the past week. And what I like about Motive Unknown is they'll have stories in there from weeks ago. And sometimes you miss those things, you yeah. know, but you and I tr- tend to keep just with what's happening last week well and you know we you and i kind of talked about this in the past a little bit and you know in in our early days of working in the music business you know there was billboard there was hits that was kind of cash box yeah cash box (laughs) a lot of these publications that were came out weekly but you know there weren't really ways to dig in deep and really get tons and um, tons of information about various things there just weren't that many outlets and it's such a wonderful time. And and that's one of the yeah. things what that, you know, I've of course been a subscriber of your newsletter since the beginning. And that's, you know, listen, all of us don't have enough time to research this stuff. You do the hard work and that is such a great research. And, uh, and, and now so many people have kind of followed in your footsteps with these great industry newsletters, which allow the average Joe on the street or Jan on the street to, you know, quickly and easily access a lot of this information and things that you need to know but quickly without having to go out and track this stuff down. So it's a wonderful right. time to just be, to have all these resources at your fingertips. And it's, yeah. It's and not everybody likes to read or has the time to read. Yeah. Um, I just happen to love reading this stuff. If I was doing something else for a living, I'd still be reading these things. Cause I just find them fascinating. Um, 
the another couple in here um we talked about motive unknown um music business worldwide is you know tim ingham you know those guys are in a class all their own um i listened to his podcast so good um i've learned so much from music business worldwide um that and hypebot are my probably my two main kind of go go to's um but they mentioned a couple of here that you may not know about one's called platform and stream and that's by uh, jeff hyatt that's a really cool newsletter um really neat stuff in there um one that i did a little uh collaboration with a while back was back of house mm -hmm. and that's really to keep you up to date on the global live music industry they they talk about other things but it's really more focused you know it's the yeah. name back of house yeah and it's it's about about live um, and then the last couple, the Left Sets letter, which of course anybody in the industry knows yeah. about Bob Left Sets and his uh, his newsletter and his um, opinions, love him or hate him. Uh, I I think he has done a lot to help uh, educate people in the new uh, music industry, but also you know his podcast. I don't listen to every episode. But he had uh, like Donald Passman on once. He mm -hmm. had um, Irving Azoff on once. Um, he's had some amazing. He had the president of Sonos on as well, which was yeah. a fascinating one. Yeah, you know, he he has a really interesting spin on everything. And and you know, I was going to say when you when you mentioned uh, uh, the the touring industry, that's the other thing that has changed since we started in the business, which was. In those days, it was so siloed. So if you worked for a record label, you certainly knew and went to concerts, obviously, but you, you didn't necessarily have that visibility of that industry. And the same for publishing right. and the same for lots of, of these other exactly. kind of silos. And it is right. much more melded together now, which is in terms of just the industries and the knowledge. That's a great of point. Industries. Absolutely. That's right. And you and I talked about this a little bit once, how... We are, we're understanding publishing now, but early on in our careers, it was really a separate business, and we didn't really know what the heck they did over there. And to your point, you're absolutely right. The live business now, if you're in the new music business, you better understand absolutely. how that works and educate yourself. But back then, we really didn't. And the last one I'll mention in here, which we've talked about a little bit, is Trapital. And mm -hmm. Trapital, we feature a lot of their stuff. Uh, I think it's Dan Runcy. I hope I got that right, Dan, um, who runs this. And those, if you want to know about uh, hip hop and what's what's going on in that landscape, man, it's it's an amazing newsletter. And again, I look to to Dan and the team over there to kind of keep me up to date on on that world. Yeah, we've we've covered a lot of their articles over the over the last yeah. year or so. And uh, yeah, great job they all do. And it's good. Nice job, Randy Zimmerman uh, over at Symphonic Blog. Definitely. A lot of great stuff. By the way, and the guy that I get to chat with every week, he is not just a pretty face. No, he is the curator of your morning coffee <laughs> newsletter. Mm. Weekly music news for the new music business, as you must know, and a former executive with Universal Music, Sony Music, and Warner Music Groups, he is a handsome lad <laughs> that is totally not true but i have a face for radio i'll give you that uh, maybe not the voice for it but certainly the face but the guy who has the face is this gentleman right here across from me mike etchart longtime host of sound and vision radio formerly of sst records warner music capital emi universal music where you and i met and mm -hmm. uh spent a lot of uh, lunches solving the industry's problems over cheeseburgers um yeah uh, pretty good, cool. Good to be here. Good to be here. And of course, we've got to talk 
about the great folks that help us get here. We are so happy as we uh, want, we sure as we are. approach the Christmas season. You know, we, Jay and I were talking about just in general our blessings, and so we are certainly mm-hmm. blessed to have folks listening to the show. You, thank you, and also to have some groovy sponsors, including TiVo Music Metadata, dedicated to bringing order to the chaos of digital music. TiVo Music Metadata offers obsessively deduplicated artist album and song IDs, expert-written editorial content and ratings, verified images, similar artists, band members, and influences, authoritative credits, personalization, discovery, and search APIs, purpose-built solutions for classical music, and a global connected car platform linking broadcast radio with streaming. If you want to learn more, jump over to TiVo.com music. And Jay and I were also talking about that connected car stuff. And boy, that mm-hmm. is so important and so on everybody's mind, the importance of yeah. our media and our strengths. vehicles. Absolutely. Yeah, Tivo, for Tivo sure. Kicks butt uh, over there in that area. Yep. So. Your Morning Coffee podcast is also brought to you by your friends over at Banzoogle. Built by musicians, seriously, for musicians, Banzoogle is an all-in-one platform that makes it easy to build a beautiful website and EPK for your music. And I've built like four or five websites with these guys. I'm telling you, I'm not just a hair club president. I'm also a (laughs) a member. I don't know how that goes. Okay, all the features you need for a professional website. Everything's built in, you guys. Uh, Hosting, custom domain name, dozens of fully customizable design templates, tools to sell your music and your merch, commission-free, commission-free crowdfunding and fan subscription features, Mailing list tools to help you grow your fan list. This is very important, and it helps you send newsletters, social media integrations, and live support from their musician-friendly team seven days a week. Your Morning Coffee podcast listeners like you can go to Banzoogle.com, try it for free for 30 days. Just use the promo code MORNINGCOFFEE, all one word. You'll get 15% off your first year of any subscription. That's Banzoogle.com, promo code Morning coffee. And we are also sponsored by HypeBot. Since 2004, HypeBot has chronicled a new music industry and the trends and technologies that are changing how music is discovered, consumed, marketed, and monetized. It is edited daily by founder Bruce Houghton with help from Owen Davis. HypeBot and sister blog Music Think Tank are published by live music discovery and marketing platform Bands in Town. Bands in Town. Over 65 million live music fans trust Bands in Town to get personalized concert alerts recommendations, and messages from their favorite artists. It's the number one artist services platform. It connects over 550,000 artists with their super fans, managers, labels, agencies, and artists. They all access their own dashboard to manage and promote their tour dates across all platforms. Yep. Big thanks. TiVo Music Metadata, Bandzoogle, Hypebot, Bandzatown. Yes, yes, yes. Which is process. We certainly appreciate it. Sometimes I'm... I'm just so thankful that we are have connected with these great sponsors and great people. And, you know, we call them friends and we talk to them and well, work and with them and we actually use their services. That's right. well, you know, when, when we first started working in the music business, that you start, you, 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 sometimes you wake up, you're like, my God, you know, I get to work with these people that make albums that I actually have been listening to forever. And it's the same thing with all these great folks. You know, we, we've been big yeah. fans of so many of these services and, and you also wonder when they sleep, like, you know, Bruce yeah. and Owen. It's like, when do you guys sleep? Because you're always on top of all this stuff. And all these companies yeah. are so great, and we certainly appreciate them. And it's fun to work with them because we're fans. Yeah. And and speaking of Bruce, Bruce Houghton over at HypeBot, you know, our, our first story um, is, you know, it's it's a, something they asked me to write. Bruce um, reached out to me and said, you know, would you like to, you know, 
give me your predictions for 2022 because he knows that I have some opinions about things, you know, right or wrong. I, I definitely have some opinions. And so um, I did. Um, I typed it up fairly quickly um, because these are things that you and I talk about so regularly. It didn't take a lot to kind of, um, you know, pull out some things that I think are going to happen in 2022. And um, the the first one is near and dear to my heart. And a lot of folks who listen to this podcast probably noticed that a few weeks ago, Apple started having these animated headers and animated album covers. If you look yeah. at Doja Cat or look at Ed Sheeran or some of these. And I just thought that was amazing. I loved it. I downloaded the specs uh, from Apple so I can start creating some of these things. Um, I have a photo studio. We're starting to create some really interesting uh, visual album covers. Now, I don't know if you've noticed, but Apple News Plus had this has this really cool thing sometimes where like you'll see National Geographic magazine, but it's not a static image. It's actually like a video. Yeah. But then when it stops at the still, that's the actual cover of National Geographic. Yes. I just I love that. I love the fact that we have these this capability now to do some of these things. So the first thing that I cover is cover art comes alive. I said that motion graphics for track and album covers will gain traction as artists explore the medium. Apple recently announced that they've added animated album artwork, you know, with iOS 14.3 and Mac OS Big Sur 11.1. So Apple posted this on their site. They, they said album motion makes your album artwork come alive. Motion artwork provides a richer experience for your audience by helping set a mood or accentuate the concept of an album before anyone presses play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No surprise from Apple, actually, given given their uh, historic uh, interest and support of our things artistic. So, although I haven't upgraded to Big Sur yet, I, have you? You must have upgraded because since you have, yeah, yeah it's, it's it's worth doing for By sure. By the way, just a side note with the new iOS. They have this new feature, and I'm going to butcher this because I don't have it in front of me, but basically this kind of legacy feature where if you die, you, you can you know designate someone who can pull your photos or your... Now, they can't respond to email and text, but they can get emails and texts. Right. Um, I just thought that was really interesting, and, and Android's already had this for a while. Okay. But as an Apple iPhone user... I thought that was really, really interesting, you know, because you want you don't want your your photos and your contact list and things like that to just go away. Yeah. And uh, you designate, you know, and I, I was telling my wife about it and she goes, you don't need that. I already know your password. Like, oh, <laughs> That's okay. fine. I've got a, I've got a little folder in my go. in my drawer that just says <laughs> passwords. Yeah. It's, and I just pull out a, a single sheet of paper and handwrite for every account. My Bank of America, you know, whatever. Oh. But it's. Because there's so many of them. Oh gosh, and I'm trying to help my mother-in-law get organized with her passwords. So, okay, let's keep talking about what Jay Gilbert said. Are you experienced? Uh, which was I know it's so weird. We're talking about something I that I wrote here because it's almost like third person. Like, you know, this Jay guy, he's, he's a little nuts. So well, take but, this with a grain of salt. But we have but go ahead and take go ahead this. and take the yeah. next one because we're we're big fans of this. Yeah, you know, as as as, as you said, more and more artists are getting into the experiences game. Uh, obvious things like Patreon, Cameo, OnlyFans, and Thrills.co.uk are generating meaningful revenue, but artists are getting more and more creative with direct-to-fan offers, including 
just writing a song with their fans, recording a specific song for them, playing on their recordings, handwritten signed lyrics, record shopping with the artist, private Zoom sessions, music lessons, playing Dungeons and Dragons with you, uh, dinner with the artist, house <laughs> concerts. But, you know, so many, I mean, the, the clever and sharp people, artists are thinking about these things. How can I, how can I make that bridge to my fans? And it's, well, like you said, let me, so let me just interject really quickly before I forget. And I will forget. Um, we have a Facebook group for your morning coffee. Yes. Um, so please sign up for it. And this last week, um, a woman, I believe she's a manager. Um, I'll have to go back and check, but a woman commented on these experiences and was asking about them. And another manager that I happened to work with said, you know what? My artist has done all of these and it, and it paid for their album recording. So it's legit. It's a thing. It's getting bigger and, and badder. Um, and one of them that probably should have, well, I don't know if it's the same thing. It's a little bit different. I use the headline, you know, and I stole this from Henry Droz, my old boss and uh, mentor and a guy who basically invented modern day music distribution in the physical era. The quote is, it's not about the money. It's about the money, right? Meaning it's, in case you wonder, people say it's not about the money. <laughs> it's always about the money. Well, it's especially so, about the money to the people that say it's not about the money. So... Yeah. So these are some things that I wanted to put down like, well, there's not a lot of revenue right now, especially for developing a middle class artist Mm -hmm. in sales and streams. If there there just isn't. So what are some other areas that you can make revenue? And I listed, you know, merch, of course, premium vinyl, live streaming shows for pay. You can make money on publishing. You can make money on sync, regardless of the level of, of you as an artist, brand partnerships, social media and user-generated content monetization. But really the takeaway here is tipping. And we talk about Tencent in China, you know, how that, you know, two-thirds of their business at the streaming service is not streaming music. It's all around this cultural thing of uh, supporting your artist and tipping. Um, And I use an example of this band Walden um, that was offering fans the opportunity to treat the band to a tank of gas, treat the band to a place to stay, uh, treat the band to a meal. And their manager, uh, Matthew Lattice, reached out to me. Oh, nice. And uh, we had a really nice exchange. You know, he, he loved that we mentioned Walden and mentioned, you know, that they, they actually toured all 50 states. I was thinking Hawaii, really? Um, they, they toured all 50 states without the help of an agent, a label, or any industry uh, partners. Wow. And, you know, my friend Philip Bailey from Artist Advocates sent me the, the piece, I think, uh, about Walden. And then I listened to the band. They're really good. And, awesome. I, and I love discovering new music. This happened again this week. I was talking to someone from uh, Switzerland. And, and we were talking about bands that we like and everything. And she goes, oh, I, I hear what you like. I bet you'd like this band Gardenia. I'd never heard of them. And I go and I listen. I'm like, oh, this is so good. <laughs> this is, <laughs> you know, that Americana. Just, oh, God. Yeah. When, you, when you discover an artist and, and you just want to, like, completely envelop yourself in, in their music and yeah. just, you know, absorb it and... Yeah. Oh, that's the funnest part about finding new artists, without a doubt. Do you do you ever like if you hear a new song that you just love? Do you ever play it like ten times in a row? 
or 20. Or is that just me? Oh, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I will just keep, because I want to get, you know, especially being a musician, it's like, you know, I just, I just want to crawl inside the song and hear like, why, why do I love this song? What are the components of this song that just make it magical? You know, I don't know what else to say. You know what I learned, and I learned this from you, is you know, um, you had turned me on to, I think it was Rick Beato on YouTube and he was interviewing Sting. Yes. And it was, oh my God, it was so amazing. It, I mean, I was just riveted uh, watching this thing. But one of the things, one of the takeaways was Sting said something, he put into words something that I had felt for a long time. And that is with music, it's all about surprise. Yes. Because if, if you don't surprise me, I don't want to listen. Yes. And, and I realized that is what I love about, you know, Neil Finn is it's not that predictable thing. That's what I love about the accidentals or the police or whoever, is that you think you know where it's going to go, and then it'll drop into a different key, or it'll turn a corner somewhere, or there'll be a lyrical phrase or whatever. I love surprise. Well, and it, it can be yes. something simple like melody. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I can say sometimes, you know, you'll listen to a song, and it's a song I've heard a hundred times or 500 times. And then all of a sudden, sometimes you'll hear like, wait a minute, what is that little thing in there? Is that is that a cello? Because all of a sudden, like you'll hear something you've never noticed, even though you've listened to that song for eons. And sometimes yeah. the, suddenly you'll hear something that you didn't hear before. And I was listening to an Al Green record. And it's like, you know, it's, I've never listened to this. He had a fantastic organ player in the band. It, it's one of, the, one of his great songs. It's just this little kind of organ swirl thing. I'm like... What, what is that? It's like all of a sudden I just noticed it. And it's just, that's what makes listening to music so fun. You can listen yeah. to something many, many times and still not hear everything. Especially the greats. Like when you listen to, you know, the, the Beatles or you listen to Elton John or you listen to, oh, even some of like, uh, I was listening to Steely Dan or, uh, for example, yesterday I, I had a lunch with my my dear friend Lloyd Hummel, who's a GM over at InGrooves, mm -hmm. and we just we get together and just go off like you and I do. We just yes. go off talking about music, and I told him I was really on. He I think he was kind of rediscovering the Smiths catalog, and mm -hmm. I was rediscovering uh, Crowded House and Neil Finn stuff, and just the it's like an onion. There's so many different layers, and to your point. As I'm listening to it again, I'm hearing things that I didn't hear the first time. Because the first time you might be listening to just the melody or the beat. And then later you're like, oh, wow, there's these little kind of guitar arpeggios he's kind of dropping in there. I'd never heard those before. And as you listen to it more, if it's one of those artists that does that, uh, you can really hear some some really amazing things. So yes. anyway, we, 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 we digress, digress, but I, uh, we could talk about that all day. Uh, the next one in here is called the back door. And I'm just talking about, you know, alternative ways to grow an audience and to make revenue Twitch, which is a thing, by the way, Twitch did kind of their, um, wrapped, you know, how Spotify did their mm -hmm. wrapped mm -hmm. thing. Twitch sent out something similar to that. And it showed me, I think, uh, Finding Elysium was my number one. Jay Gregory was number two. I think Amazon, they have a really cool uh, Twitch uh, channel. Um, if you haven't discovered Twitch, it's not just about gaming. It's a massive, great way to explore music, to build a fan base, to get tips. Uh, they call them Twitch bits. Um, and then 
TikTok, of course, which is the big elephant everybody talks about, but things that we weren't talking about before, like Peloton and things like that. So I think, you know, we mentioned this year Roblox. You and I have talked about mm-hmm. some artists doing creative things there. That's what I call the backdoor. So it's not necessarily just Spotify and YouTube and Amazon Music and things like that. There may, may be some other ways that people should think about creating revenue. Because remember, a few years ago, we weren't talking about Twitch, no. TikTok, Peloton, Roblox, and there are going to be more of those coming up. Absolutely, absolutely. And of course, your next point was something that we've been talking about. We will continue to talk about well into next year, which is songwriters finally getting paid. You know, certainly they don't get played, don't get paid when they are played here in the U.S. on radio. Uh, we've got the Copyright Royalty Board, the CRB, that has set a rate, and that rate is is set at 15.1% through 2022, but we've got Spotify and Amazon still appealing that decision. We've got CRB4 already heating up, and that's going to go into effect in 2023, so copyright co- issues are something we're going to be talking about intensely for the next few weeks yeah. and few months. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just to put a fine point on this this piece, and again, thanks uh, to Bruce Houghton and HypeBot for allowing me a chance to to vent. Um, I really appreciate it. And it's such an honor, you know, with one of my favorite publications to ask me to do this. I'm not a writer. I'm more of a curator. But uh, I loved sharing, you know, just my thoughts. Um, and as Dennis Miller used to say, of course, that's just my opinion. I could be wrong. Um, but but the last thing I want to mention before we kind of move on is there were three stories in your morning coffee this week about selling, you know, publishing or selling rights. And the first one was from Rolling Stone. Bruce Springsteen sells publishing catalog to Sony for $500 million. Mm-hmm. Number two, Primary Wave acquires stake in bundle of James Brown rights in a $90 million deal. That was from Music Business Worldwide. And then the third one, New three hundred and four million bond million dollar bond backed by music rights for the Who, Tim McGraw, and that was from Bloomberg. And here's here's an editor's note that that I wrote for these, um, which kind of if you don't have the time to read through all this or you're not super interested in in this right now or it doesn't apply to you, here here's my editor's note. I said a few things to consider. One is that this is just math. Companies like Hypnosis, KKR, BMG, Primary Wave, etc. All of these are looking at projected revenue and applying a multiple. Now, depending on which side you're on, and some of these deals may seem a bit excessive, another thing to consider is how they will affect the valuation of the purchasing company. Lastly, I'm more interested in the James Brown deal here for $90 million. Sure, it's less money, but it includes name and likeness. Yeah. Now things are getting really interesting. Yeah, name and likeness is fascinating. Well, and the, and the, and the thing with Springsteen, too, is don't forget that deal also included the rights to his albums. So he has, or he has management, have clawed back his the ownership of his masters. So it's publishing, it's masters. And then, like you said, in the case of James Brown, who, of course, is deceased, it is name and likeness. And so that's a, that's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. Yeah. And I always yeah. wonder, too, you know, like in the case of Springsteen, what is he might make another album? Is 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 that for things moving forward or does it it, yeah. it stops and now he's creating another you know creation? But I think it, it, the Springsteen thing, as we've talked about, you know, for a lot of these folks, 
it's well to actually go against what we said about it's all about the money. It, it is <laughs> now I'll talk. Money. I'll talk out of the other side of my yeah, mouth. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> talk about the other side of my mouth. Um, <laughs> you know, for for these folks, it's it's about estate planning, um, and so you know you don't yeah. you don't want to necessarily leave these things to to your heirs to deal with and to deal you know in a business they might not be familiar with and. So, um, you know, that is, if you're, if you're not old enough to be thinking about that, Jay and I are old enough to be thinking about that. Um, <laughs> that is a real consideration for lots and lots of people, which is, you know, I, I don't want to hand this headache off to my heirs. This is about, you know, getting things in order. So it's a smooth transition when, when it, Springsteen has a line, when, when, what does he say? You know, when, you, when the other Cadillac shows up at your house, you know, the one, the hearse. <laughs> so you got everything buttoned Yeah. Down. Um, well, God bless him. I think it's fantastic that he's able to do that. Yes. I can tell you that this week, I've been doing your morning coffee for I think, closing in on seven years, the newsletter. And of course, you and I have been doing, this is episode number 71. I've never seen as much uh, as far as email and text as I got this week from all over the world. It was overwhelming. It was fantastic. And it was all pretty much positive. But the one I, I don't know if I told you about this, I got a note from a guy and I, gosh, I wish I remembered his name. And I, I apologize if you're listening and, and I forgot your name, but he said, uh, he was talking about you and I talking about remuneration, remuneration. Remuner oh yes. He formed that to me. Yeah. Yes. And it's, um, remuneration. Yes. That's how you pronounce it. And yes. thank you for correcting us because we, you know, at the end of the day, we want to get it right. Remuneration. Remuneration. I'll try like, to like municipal bonds. Re remuneration. Yes. yes. Yeah. Indeed. Remuneration. So yeah. thank you for that. And I'm sorry that, um, I, I forgot the <laughs> name, but you know, you were mentioning, you know, guys, uh, our age, my favorite joke about that is a friend of mine told me one time, he goes, yeah, I'm one loud noise or bad meal away from the grave. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness, it happens so fast. Jay. It really does. Uh, let's let's jump into the next article, which is this one. There's a couple of interesting. This was not a super long article. This had a billboard. Uh, in the streaming world, how much do hits matter? And uh, they certainly do matter. But it's you know we talk a lot about how. Um, all of these songs and albums being added to the DSPs in, in what is it, 50,000 day, a day or, or a week? Or 70. 70,000 70, a day, about ridiculous. a half a million a week right now, and that yes. number's climbing. Yes. Uh, but they actually, in fact, hang on for a second, like, uh, I, I, I lost the article. Yeah, by the way, while you're looking for that, this yes. is from Billboard. It was written by Ed Christman, and we're not going to spend oh, a ton right. of time on this because we have a couple of other things to get to, but I yeah. thought it was interesting you know, the headline is, in the streaming world, how much do hits matter? And right under that, Ed writes, a lot. A, a tiny lot. percentage of songs now accounts for a large percentage of total plays. And that kind of smacks in the face of this long tale that we've been reading about uh, for years and thinking would happen. That's not really the case, is it? It is not the case. He mentions Drake, who scored 6.16 billion on-demand audio streams in the U.S., according to MRC data, more than any other artist, and 0.7% of the 877 billion total. So one artist that has like almost 1% of that's crazy of all of that yeah exactly and he said that exceeds 4.74 billion streams generated by the 53.69 million tracks that were streamed fewer than a thousand times 
So yeah, now think about that for a second. Remember, yeah. there's about 70 million tracks on most DM, uh, DSPs, and they're saying that basically 54 million of those are getting played. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's, remember that that site we talked about, Forgotify? Forgotify. <laughs> <laughs> for songs, songs that had never been never streamed once so just because there's 70 million tracks up there doesn't mean that everybody is listening to those but go ahead no but, but you know so, so there's some interesting numbers so in 2020 uh nearly half of the 877 billion on-demand audio streams in the u.s came from just thir- a little over 13,000 songs that were streamed yeah. over 10 million times so that is a lot of streams but that's not a lot of songs, just 13,521. So Yeah, this this surprised me a little bit because they, they also compared it to 1995 album sales, and yes. they have a really cool chart in here that compares like 2020 streaming versus 1995 album sales, and it's not really that different. It hasn't really changed. The, the top artists get the most sales. The top artists um, get the most streams, and it really isn't that long tail that we thought it would be right. And they, they say, you know, back in, in 95, the, there were 336 albums that sold over 250,000 copies. So that's 0.2% of the give or take 147,000 releases available at that time. So those 336 albums generated almost 40% of sales back in 1995. So that gives you kind of a starting point and boy, when you think about 336 albums, that is so few. Even in that day, oh that was just really, yeah. really few. But there were, and, and when you think of, of in that year, 147,000 releases available at that time. So again, yeah. super yeah. small percentage. And then, yeah. uh, 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 so in 2020, uh, MRC data tracked 61 million songs, which is the equivalent of about five to six million <laughs> albums. Uh, but as they say, the business of unpopular music with like the long tail isn't exactly exploding. In 95, 91% of the releases that sold fewer than 5,000 copies accounted for 11% of sales. While in 2020, the 98, almost 99% of releases that were streamed fewer than 50,000 times made up six point, a little over 6.6% of streaming consumption. Yeah. So yeah, that was the thing that jumped out at me. Crazy. What you just read. 61 million that's, songs. Unbelievable. Yeah. The, the, the first line of what you just read, the business of unpopular music isn't exactly exploding. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, we'll move on to the next story. But I, th- I thought that was really interesting because there's this perception uh, about uh, what sells and streams um, with all of this music being uploaded every day. But it really hasn't changed that much since 1995. No, well, it's gotten worse. I mean, worse yeah. for for the long tail artists. Um, and there really isn't. Yeah. I guess there technically is a long tail, but boy, it's that, that that's a skinny tail. Uh, you know, going all it's the a skinny way. tail. It's a skinny it's tail. A skinny tail. Yeah. yeah. So interesting, interesting stuff. But it's boy, when you look at those gigantic numbers, it is absolutely stunning. Uh, this was another interesting one from NBC News. Uh, Rapper Logic's 1-800-273-8255 song, which, by the way, I knew the song. I didn't know the name of the song, uh, which is yeah. um, which is a, a suicide hotline uh, may have right. pre- helped prevent hundreds of deaths. A study says. Yeah, this is from uh, uh, Calhan Rosenblatt from NBC, and I watched the video, and it is in the story. And this video is. 
stunning. It'll bring you to your knees. Yeah. It is theatrical. It's of the quality of a major motion picture. This isn't just a music video that's put together. It's got some cameos uh, from some very famous actors. And I just got a chill when I was watching it. And it, it, it was just so beautifully done. And the fact that so many people are struggling, um, whether you know they're young people, whether it's during the pandemic, there's so many people who are struggling. And this song comes out, and all of a sudden, you know, they they saw that people were calling this number. They were reaching out for help, and they actually did a study um, that was published last week. And and that study looked at data from you know January first. 2010 to the end of uh, 2018 and they found that that song was associated with a large increase of calls to the lifeline which is amazing but a reduction in suicides so it's look it's we all try to impact people's lives with our work and with our art and when you see something like this that shows that kind of impact it's stunning so congratulations to logic and also, it was so genius to title the song 1-800-273-8255 because yeah. that's the line, right? That's yeah. the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's uh, talking about a feel-good story at the end of the year. Yeah, I got emotional watching that video, you know, just watching that kid struggle and not knowing what to do and getting to that place and then reaching out for help. So... What a, what a beautiful piece by Calhan Rosenblatt. A great song by Logic. Uh, just unbelievable. If you haven't seen it, uh, check it out. The, the video's linked there in, uh, in uh, your morning coffee, and you can also see it on YouTube. But uh, yeah, Absolutely. Great story. Beautiful. Uh, our next story up is from Rolling Stone. Uh, Dr. Dre just released new music, but only Grand Theft Auto fans <laughs> can hear it. Now, if you are amongst the minority that don't know what Grand Theft Auto is... It is a long-running uh, game franchise. I think the first Grand Theft Auto came out when I was still in the games business producing video games. So it's like been in, around a little while. Late 90s, I want to say. I, I could probably look that up. But um, yeah, so that, that yeah. franchise has been around. It's super popular, super, super popular. And it, it's it, one of the things that's interesting in the article is they, they talk about uh, DJ Pooh, who is – he's a producer – himself but also a longtime friend of dr dre and mm -hmm. dj Pooh is a huge gamer and dr dre like me had not had, so much not so much was not <laughs> a gamer at all and uh they finally one day dragged a bunch of uh i think he took some uh um some consoles over and made dre sit down and, and do grand theft auto <laughs> and, yeah and he loved it <laughs> And so, well, and he he's known for saying no to everything. Yes. And absolutely. so it was a long shot that he would even get this. So the fact that, you know, he's not a gamer, you know, he doesn't really play this stuff and that he's he's put music on here. Like it's it's rare to hear new Dr. Dre music anyway. Right. He's he's l released very little, um, you know, in the last uh, 10 years. Um, the tracks include Gospel with Eminem, uh, Diamond Mind with Nipsey Hussle. And and Ty Dolla Sign, mm -hmm. um, and ETA with Snoop Dogg and Anderson Pack. I mean, this is NFL football. This is uh, high level stuff. And the only way you can get it 
is through Grand Theft Auto. And he's being formally incorporated into the Rockstar Games universe. He's a he's a character in Grand Theft Auto Online, the contract. That's so cool. And uh, yeah, within that game, you can hear that. And um, uh, the, 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 the co-head of the studio at Rockstar North uh, said we wanted to do something with Dre for a while. And he's not releasing music that regularly. It's this pretty special thing to be able to get music from him. Never mind exclusive music. Once we started talking, we started firing demos. Check this out. Check this out. I did this with this so-and-so. He said, that was a pretty surreal experience. So it's quite a coup for Rockstar Games, without a doubt. Oh, my Um, gosh. It's more than they could have imagined, right? There's some screenshots in here, and there's some video from the game. Like, you're... You're like players get a chance to meet Dr. Dre in this game and earn his trust through the work that they do and kind of become friends with him and, you know, get into a recording session and, you know, get into a car and listen to music for the first time. I mean, this is ingenious. I I thought this was such a great way to incorporate music and gaming. And it took it to another level because when you see these screenshots, you know how video is today. It's so photorealistic. It's like if you have it on a smaller screen, it looks like video not like you know cgi but anyway i thought this was you know uh, a really really creative and fun way to incorporate music into into games Uh, again this is uh from rolling stone by elias light um uh, dr dre just released new music but only grand theft auto fans can hear it what a great piece and what's cool too is that they they incorporate as they said you know when you're dealing with somebody as iconic as as dr dre you can't just kind of shoehorn him into the world, meaning you can't just kind of drop him in. So they're, they're talking about him needing to be fully integrated so that it makes sense in terms of the, of sure the story and the, and the universe. So they spent a lot of time kind of making sure that it wasn't kind of a, you know, kind of an incongruous insertion, so to speak. Uh, yeah, so it, it was deliberate and yeah. it fit and it really made things um, interesting. And it seems like it was intentional. Um, like you said, it wasn't just dropped in. I just love the graphics of it. He's sitting there behind the board kind of listening and he instructs, you know, one of the engineers to do something. And it looks like what happens in the recording studio. It was amazing. Well, and the big picture uh, in the article is, is a virtual him. It's, it's not a true picture of Dr. Dre. It's, it's his character and it looks right. so damn real. <laughs> it's like, Oh my God. <laughs> Jeez. I'm excited to see where this goes. Yeah, you know, well, I really am. It's and, and and you know, you and I have talked about this because I was when I did my stint in uh, as a video games producer, it was under the umbrella of Warner Music, and so you know, in the days of in our, our early days of working for major labels, there was this kind of you know, it's kind of like kind of uh, gunfighters kind of looking at each other, you know, kind of you know, kind of mm-hmm. trying to figure out each other. They always. You know, I think music companies, especially in the days of physical, um, and this was before console games. This is really for, for at least for me, it was CD-ROMs. Um, you know, it was they were manufactured at the same factory, and they were selling to the same uh, retail outlets. So why shouldn't we be in the video game business? But it's it's different, and you know, it's 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 like France and the U.S. You know, it's similar things but different things, and. Yeah, um, culturally and different. Culturally, yeah, yeah the, the, the industries are different, and they don't quite understand. It's of course the, the the gaming industry is so much more expensive in terms of development and and time wise. So, um, but to see the, the the slow melding of music and 
gaming. It's it's obvious, but it's not easy. Yeah, it's not easy. Do you so, remember when video games? Well, they've always been kind of popular, but when they were really starting to uh, blow up, I think it was MCA Records put out an album called White Knuckle Scoring. And it was a compilation. And basically what it was is you put this on when you're playing Nintendo. And it was kind of like oh. you turn the sound down. And it actually had a, a jellyfish track really? uh, on there that you couldn't get anywhere else at the time. And oh. I, I just thought that was a cool idea. But now it's it's gone. I mean, that was probably 1990. Um, it's It's gone to this level now where you're integrating and you're a character in the in the game and it's it's amazing absolutely amazing very cool very cool uh let's see our and uh our our kind of last story actually jay is from polestar the year in touring artists and their team step up to challenge to the challenge of reschedule of the rescheduling roller coaster yeah yeah that's from polestar uh sarah Pittman, and there was a there was also another story we're going to refer to here also from polestar um, by Andy Gensler, and it's called uh, Converging Freakonomics, Why Live's Great Return Faces a Slew of Economic Challenges. And that was sent to me by a friend of mine, artist manager and uh, music professor, uh, Terry Tompkins um, from Hofstra. Um, super sharp guy, uh, follows this stuff really closely. And he had said some things that I hadn't really considered, like, you know, the the scope of the labor shortage, you know, and gas prices you know, and that, you know, the the lower attendances and higher costs, you know, that could result in lower artist guarantees. Mm-hmm. So there's all these other uh, complexities surrounding uh, touring in, in a COVID world. And one thing I noticed, um, I've been out, you know, I was in San Antonio last week. And then prior to that, I was in Nashville uh, for some shows. And what I noticed that was surprising is that there is uh, less walk-up, and there is um, a certain percentage, give or take, on some of these artists of could be 25% of people who buy tickets and then don't go to the show. Yeah, interesting. Well, and, um, you know, and I mean, just outside of music, when, you know, looking at uh, sports, they, I'm a Rams fan, and you probably read the same thing I read. The Rams game that was supposed to be tomorrow, or, or tomorrow for us on a Saturday, but the Sunday, the Sunday before you, you will be hearing this, uh, they postponed that that game until Tuesday. So they're, they're, you're seeing lots of COVID cases. Now these are not COVID deaths, but you're seeing lots of COVID no. cases. And um, I had read that the Rams had something like 30 players yes. and some, many of these were vaccinated and they were, yes. like you said, they were getting maybe Omicron and it, they didn't have the horrible, they wasn't putting them in the hospital, but it's, it's we're still not out of the woods. There are certain states now. I think it's Michigan, Minnesota, New York, where they're having some of their highest numbers ever in yeah. the pandemic this far into it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to get off on you know the politics or or any of that, but it's so challenging for artists that are touring. They have to postpone dates and they have to cancel dates, and then somebody on their crew gets sick. And you and I covered the the story of. Uh, Fran, you know, Paul Stanley's guitar tech who sadly passed away mm-hmm. from uh, COVID on the road uh, with Kiss. I mean, it's just heartbreaking. Um, it's very complex uh, when you're talking about trying to come out of a pandemic and do live music. Yeah. It's challenging. Yeah. But don't forget, you know, I think it's worth noting, though, that a lot of these things are just 
people testing positive, not necessarily even showing symptoms, but you know, when you're testing positive, you have to go into quarantine. And so a lot of this stuff is thankfully people being vaccinated, but again, not getting sick or not getting nearly as sick as you would had you not been right. vaccinated. So um, not dying from it. Yeah. God. I mean, it's the new normal without a doubt. Um, and and we kind of saw this coming, you know, it was it, it, when the winters get cold, when the weather gets cool, I should say, not the winters. Yeah, um, yeah you're going to see the, the cases rise. And, we are sure and now with the holidays, people yes. getting together, you yes. want to see your family and friends. You know, it says in this piece that some artists and their teams chose to move their tours to uh, 2022 rather than fussing with the uncertainty of making a return to the stage viable in 2021. So with so much still up in the air. Um, with analyzing when states, you know, and borders will be open for business, along with the task of taking COVID protocols, testing, you know, and the threats of new variants, you know, it's it's super challenging. Elton John's longtime uh, agent, Howard Rose, said the idea of trying to guess ahead to what would be open that you could deal with 100 percent, you know, it, it's it's really hard because, you know, he was on this panel for Polestar and he was discussing rescheduling the third year of the farewell yellow brick road tour, um, for Elton John, which has already been sold out. Yep. They're just trying to fulfill the yeah. obligations. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And by the way, Elton John has a number one record in the UK right now. God bless him. Yeah. You know, yeah. 50 years. Is in that the career? duet with Ed Sheeran? It is. Yeah. And he is, he's the king of duets. We may yes, have mentioned is. this before. And I'm not, you know, back, you know, when we were kids, it was, you know, Kiki D or somebody, you know, he was doing uh, Don't Go Breaking My Heart with. and But he's done it with, you know, Axl Rose and Eminem and Shawn Mendes. I mean, this is a guy who is a musicologist, one of those guys that knows chart positions mm-hmm. and um, is a avid record shopper and... I love that about him, that he's he's such a music freak. You know, the guys in, uh, like, Paul Stanley from Kiss we just mentioned. I've played musical trivia with him. There's not many that are better. Um, he's, you know, like you and I have been around a while. We worked in record stores and worked with labels and have done things. Uh, so we've got some game. But, man, guys like Elton, <laughs> Paul Stanley, That's some of these right. guys, they're... They're on another level. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Jay, it's kind of got to wrap up episode number seventy-one. Have you have you done all your Christmas shopping? Are you ready for the holidays? I have not, and I am not. But <laughs> this weekend, I'm going to make up for lost time. I've been traveling a little bit. I'm gonna I'm gonna get back, and uh, you know, get caught up. We do have the tree up and the decorations up, and it's. Uh, I love this time of year. Um, just really quickly, I went back to. Um, visit my daughter at Colorado state and you drive into Fort Collins and they have this row of dozens of trees along the highway that are just lit up and it just warmed my heart. And last night, um, Emily and Amanda Kagan were, uh, texting me. They were out looking at the, uh, uh, Christmas lights, holiday lights. Jeff Mosco sent me a, a video of his car going down a road and all the different lights. And I am like a little kid when these yeah. decorations come out and the songs start uh, playing. It takes you back. Um, it takes you back. It, it takes me back. So happy holidays, everyone, no matter how you uh, celebrate. Uh, we are so thankful uh, to have an audience for this fun little show. And we, man, I really appreciate all the input. Reach out to us, either Mike or myself, and we will, I promise, we will answer you. Uh, we love the feedback. We love hearing from you. And we really appreciate uh, you listening. 
Absolutely. So on that note, on that note, I should say happy holidays to everybody. Jay and I will be back next week with episode number 72 of the Your Morning Coffee Podcast. You've been listening to Your Morning Coffee, the weekly music news program for the new music business. Join Jay Gilbert and Mike Etchard next time for the digital music news you need to know.